Amen. You guys may be seated. So this week, a couple of things about Advent. Uh, we, I, the way that I viewed it at Grace and Mercy Church over the years is this: this is the beginning of the church year, the, the liturgical calendar, and we come to Advent. Uh, and during Advent, we look to the past, and we look at the present, and we look to the future. So we do that with in in four ways. We do that through hope and peace and joy. And love, and so we'll. It, it is a, a time to reflect back. It is a time to look at where we're at right now, and a time to uh, ask Jesus for the future and ask Him to give it to us, and and give us the strength to continue on through it. And it, even in that, we this is our our prayer. This is us being able to walk with Jesus. And so, um, it, as we enter into Advent, it's also a season of almsgiving. It's a season of fasting. Actually, traditionally in the church calendar, Advent's a season of uh, fasting, and then the 12 days of Christmas is a season of feasting, which, by the way, if you've ever done the 12 days of Christmas, the feasting can get overwhelming at times, like 12 straight days of that, and it's it's pretty fun. It's actually, we celebrated it last year. It's better than Christmas, uh, oh, which yeah. is kind of crazy, and and we saw um, orca whales, and that's one of the my fondest memories is our, our, during our, our that time, but... This year, as we look at hope, um, I've learned a lot about hope this last year, the last few years, actually. Hope is something that I am certainly glad that Jesus gives to us as a gift. Now, in one sense, Jesus is our hope, right? Jesus is our hope. And, and, but what does that mean for us practically as we walk with him in the day-to-day? We don't just simply hope for heaven one day. We get to hope today. And so what does that mean for us to hope as we walk it out? Or I'll ask this. Can we have hope for other things that aren't Jesus? Like gifts that Jesus talks about, gifts that Jesus wants to give. And is it okay to do that? I, I've been in some traditions that say, no, your hope's in Jesus, that one day he will rule and reign and just leave everything else where it is. But So how can we learn hope? The long answer, or the long answers short, are hope helps us stay tethered to Jesus in the day of the day, and it allows us to stay on the path that he has for us, and, and that a path that we might otherwise jump off without hope, something that we, we can't do without him. And then we can have hope that our God, our Father, loves us, and he gives us good and perfect gifts, and not all of those gifts that he gives us are strictly spiritual. They're not just peace and patience and kindness. Sometimes he gives us our daily bread, right? He gives us our food and what we can eat. And so our father loves to give us perfectly get, or good and perfect gifts. And so in, in our hope, though, it can help utilize our lives in every single aspect. Hope can do this for us. We can hope for all sorts of things, for the godly and the good in our lives, Our hope can and should be found in Jesus for the day-to-day, and it is not just an end times hope, which is sometimes how it's preached. The Bible teaches us hope from the very beginning of it to the very end. We read from Exodus at the very beginning, and we read from Revelation, the very last words of Scripture, and we can see that hope is in there the entire time. And one of the greatest threads of hope is how God works in the life and the family of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We can see this from the very beginning. We can see God bring up the family of Abraham and then give him Isaac and Jacob. And we see the Israelites and the Hebrew people throughout the entirety of the book. 
It is told and re- revisited throughout the entirety of Scripture. They, the, promise, uh, the promises are so much. But one of them, there, there's more than just a promise for a Savior, but that's the chief promise and the chief place where people have put their hopes. Throughout Scripture is their promise for a Savior. To save them from Satan, sin, and death. To save them from all sorts of calamities that they go through. And through this family that God placed on earth, we learn a ton about hope. We can, we can see it. We can see that hope can be painful when it's deferred. Hope can, or, or if we have to wait for hope, it's hard. We don't control the, tr- the timing in which our hopes are f- fulfilled. Hope can feel confusing when it is misplaced. If we hope for something and we miss the mark, or we're hoping for something that might be a sin or something that is outside of what God wants for us, then we are left feeling foolish. And at times, the enemy uses this to come in and discourage us from continuing the amazing work that hope offers. Honestly, we can uh, sometimes, and this, this is sometimes what people do when they just say, well, hope that Jesus will come back one day and nothing in between now and then matters as much as that day. And, and that's the end of it, but we get hope in the middle of it as well. So honestly, hope can make you feel a little bit crazy at times. It can make you, if you have to wait a long time, think about, think about this. Think about you're praying for people that you're hoping that Jesus will save them. And then you read in scriptures that God desires to save all mankind. And you keep praying for them over and over and over. And you're like, okay, Lord, I feel like I'm placing my hope in what you told me to place my hope in. But then we wait and we wait or pray that Jesus would save them or, or like maybe somebody that needs healing, healing work in their lives. And we read the scriptures and we see Jesus heal people over and over and over again, even though it defies all logic. You could make you feel crazy at times or the way uh, sometimes we're just hoping for something in the way that you thought this hope might work out gets shut. Hope is, a, is, is painful at times. And in our text today, we read and we can see the hope that Israel had for a Savior. The hope that we have as Christians as well that is found in Jesus. And so we could see in our text today, hope for a Savior from slavery. Right? We can look at this and see, and see where the Israelites were actually in slavery in Egypt and they needed deliverance. And what did it say? God saw them. God knew. This is a huge part of hope. This is a huge part of hope that God sees us, that God knows us. He knows where we are and where we're at, what we're doing when we cry out to him. He knows the situations of the people persecuting us when we cry out to him. And so when we ask for freedom, God wants freedom for us as well, because that's what his scripture said. God knows and God sees us. We can believe, we can have hope that he will show up like he did in the story of Exodus, because that's what God does. God showed up. He went to work. It wasn't as fast for those who experienced it. If you follow the timeline, it wasn't like overnight something happened. God started to work and then they gained their freedom in that way. It wasn't as fast as they wanted it, but God still did the work. Many of their hopes were answered in their freedom from slavery. Not only that, but if you think about it, when they were sent out, they were sent out with what? Abundance, gold, silver. And then they went. And as they went, 
God can, created this story where this whole people was freed, where they dro- walked on dry land across the sea. This is something we believe is actual truth as, as Christians. And, and we believe that they were led by a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. God can work in our situations. Amen? God can, we can keep hope alive by going back and looking at this text that Jesus had for us. Next, we see in Isaiah, more hope spoken of. God is saying to Israel through the prophet Isaiah to have hope. This will happen. This is a prophecy, a new heavens and a new earth. Your sorrow will be turned to joy. Your hard times will not last forever. There will be no more tears, no more sorrow, no more sound of distress. Until this happens, keep hope alive because it will happen. This is what God is saying. He's saying, only I can do this, but I'm going to do this. I will do it. So you know what we get to do? We wait. We trust. We have faith because we see the way for this in and through Jesus. We can see a way, and Jesus is that way. He keeps our hopes alive even when we see a world of pain around us. And then in the Psalms, we see, we see hope uh, when it's deferred. We still have a task when hope is deferred, when we're waiting for it. We see what it is like to pray through the waiting. To pray through the waiting. We wait. Our souls wait. You know what we do? We keep crying out. And in and, and waiting, uh, we are attentive to the fact that God is at work. We're expecting Him to come and do something at any moment. So we keep watching. We keep waiting. And in waiting, it's not a passive wait. It's not like we're just sitting back, but it's active. It's anticipatory. More than the watchman for the morning. That's what this psalm teaches us about hope, is that our eyes are open to see hope. We know that God can fulfill our hope at any moment, and we're watching it, we're expecting it. And in this, we know that Jesus will forgive us. He has forgiven us, and he will forgive us. He will redeem us. Let us have this active type of hope. Let us live as watchmen, as watch women, where we can wait and see, where we are waiting, but at the same time, it's not a passive wait. It's an expectant wait. And we can see the desire, Jesus, uh, see and desire Jesus to come in our lives, change us, and change the world around us. Because just as Revelation showed us, we're waiting for Jesus. Amen? He said he's coming back. He said he's going to do it. You know what we get to believe? He said, surely I am coming soon. We get to agree with John that says, amen, come, Lord Jesus, come. We get to do this. We are waiting for Jesus. This Jesus spoke to John in this revelation. He told John to tell us that Jesus is coming back. There's no question. This prophecy will be fulfilled. I am coming. We desire to be made clean by Jesus. Amen. We have the right to the tree of life and to enter the city that Jesus is building for us. This is, of course, heaven. This is a future hope that we have. And this is our ultimate hope is dwelling securely and safe with Jesus from now until forevermore. And it will come to pass and we get to watch. We get to declare with our mouths that this is going to happen and we get to expect it. And then when it does, we praise his name. We can't make it happen. We don't know the timing, but it is soon. That's what Jesus said, which is the most ambiguous time frame in the world. So that means we get to keep waiting. So let us wait like it might be today. 
and be ready. And Lord, please let it be today. But the Gospel of John shows us what hope looks like in the moment. What hope looks like. Lazarus, Jesus' good friend, Lazarus, was dying. These women who loved Jesus and who Jesus loved very much had their hopes placed in Jesus fully. Mary and Martha, with their brother dying, sent for Jesus. This is, this is hope. This is hope. If anyone can heal Lazarus, Jesus can. Their hope for a miracle uh, was rightly placed. It didn't go as planned, though. Because as they sent, Lazarus died, and somebody else they sent said that Lazarus died, and Jesus seemed to be delayed. Their hope for a miracle was in the right place, in the right person of Jesus, the work that Jesus was going to do, but it seemed delayed, so much so that he was put in a tomb. He was buried. He was wrapped up. Jesus loved Mary, and he loved Martha, and he loved Lazarus more than we could even understand. And Jesus shows us what hope can look like in the practical. Mary and Martha had hope, and that is why they sent for Jesus. Their hope was based on what they had seen Jesus do, what they knew he could do, and who Jesus was. Jesus was somebody who loved them, and Jesus is somebody who does miracles. Their hope was based on what they had seen Jesus do. They knew that he loved them and he wanted good for them, so they cried out to Jesus through this messenger. Isn't that what we do with our prayers and hope? We cry out to Jesus and say, Jesus, please do this. Please. Jesus did show up. And although Lazarus was dead, Jesus raised him from the dead. He brought new life. The waiting part of that, before that happened, that's hope. That's hope. We can see the pathway. The pathway is Jesus. And Jesus can fulfill our hopes. That is what Jesus wants for us. New life. Life in him. Trusting that his words are true. Trusting that his promises will come to pass. Trusting that Jesus is good and that he wants good for us. Our hope in Jesus can show up at any time, in a moment's notice, and rearrange our lives. Hope is different than a wish, right? A wish is something that you have zero control over. It just, like, I, I hope that the weather is good tomorrow. Except hope, though, sees a pathway. Even if it is a straight and narrow path, even if you can't see certain aspects of the path, we know that the path um, is the way that Jesus has for us. And sometimes the path may seem to block, but Jesus, we know, can make another way. I love hope because it's super simple. It's super simple, and yet it's so deep in its complexities. And it's rich in character. And hope, I, I think of it this way, hope adds to the flavor of life. It's like a beautiful seasoning. Without hope, a life would be flavorless or it would be dull. It just wouldn't be as exciting if hope wasn't there. Jesus said that he desires life for us and life to the full or life with seasoning. Life with seasoning. And part of that seasoning is hope, the flavor that hope brings. A Savior, we, we long for a Savior for more than just Egyptians, right? We want him to set us free from slavery to sin. He came and he promised he would come and yet he's coming back again. 
He wants us to watch for him with expectancy and hope. So as we start this new calendar, this new liturgical year, we can set our eyes on him and expect and hope that Jesus is doing this. In, in Christian hope, we have this expectancy. It's not passive. It's not passive. It can grow the more we see the goodness that Jesus wants to bring in life. So let us pay attention. I think about it this way. We need to let the surprise of Jesus rising from the dead work in our life to produce this hope. If we really think about it, we know that Jesus was dead. We know that he was nailed to a cross, that a spear went through his side, that he was buried in a tomb and there was a rock rolled over the tomb and sealed. He was dead, like dead, dead. The disciples were scared because they didn't know what to do. And yet Jesus burst forth from death. Jesus did the miraculous. He defied all logic and he burst forth from death. And I pray that that's how we may allow hope to see us. We may allow it to surprise us and let hope have its way in us, not just in this Advent season, but in this next year. So please join me in praying and asking Jesus for hope. So Jesus, will you please be our hope? Will you please grow our hope? Will you allow us to wait with expectancy? In Jesus' name. Amen.